This is the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, February 12th. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Richard Del Judas. Democrats are wanting to use the International Monetary Fund to shower money on developing economies to beat COVID-19, according to a recent op-ed by Congressman French Hill of Arkansas. Why is this not a good idea, and how would it impact the global economy? Congressman Hill joins me today on the Daily Signal podcast to discuss. Don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now, on to our top news. On Thursday, the Senate held the third day of their trial to impeach former President Donald Trump. Lead House impeachment manager Congressman Jamie Raskin, a Democrat of Maryland, maintained that Trump incited the violence that led to the January 6th riot via CBS Evening News. His unavoidable knowledge of the consequences of his incitement, the unavoidable knowledge of the consequences of his incitement and the clear foreseeability of the violent harm that he unleashed on our people in our republic. January 6th was not some unexpected radical break from his normal law-abiding and peaceful disposition. This was his state of mind. This was his essential MO. He knew that egged on by his tweets, his lies, and his promise of a wild time in Washington to guarantee his grip on power, his most extreme followers would show up bright and early, ready to attack, ready to engage in violence, ready to fight like hell for their hero. And Democrat Representative Ted Lieu hinted at the fact that lawmakers may vote to bar Trump forever running for office again via USA Today. It's not just about the past. It's about the future. It's making sure that no future official, no future president does the same exact thing President Trump does. President Trump's lack of remorse shows that he will undoubtedly cause future harm if allowed, because he still refuses to account for his previous high grave crime against our government. You know, I'm not afraid of Donald Trump running again in four years. I'm afraid he's going to run again and lose because he can do this again. A vote to convict Trump would require two-thirds of the Senate, all 50 Democrat senators, and at least 17 Republican senators. President Joe Biden has made good on his promise to halt funding for construction of the U.S.-Mexico border wall. On Thursday, Biden issued a letter to congressional leaders explaining that he was lifting the national emergency declaration at the southern border, which allowed federal funding to be diverted to wall construction efforts. I have determined that the declaration of a national emergency at our southern border was unwarranted, Biden wrote in the letter, adding that I've also announced that it shall be the policy of my administration that no more American taxpayer dollars be diverted to construct a border wall, and that I'm directing a careful review of all resources appropriated or redirected to that end. On Wednesday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that due to the ongoing pandemic, the majority of immigrants seeking asylum will be turned away. 
Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and chief medical advisor to President Biden, says he thinks the coronavirus vaccine will be open to everyone by April. Here's what he told the Today Show via the Today Show. And real quickly on that, let me just zero in on it. You mean for everybody, the general population, go into your pharmacy, getting a, a shot, you don't have to be in one of those risk groups? Well, you know, Savannah, we have those priority, 1A, 1B, 1C. If you look at the projection, I would imagine by the time we get to April, that will be what I would call for, you know, for better wording, open season, namely virtually everybody and anybody in any category could start to get vaccinated. From then on, it would likely take several more months just logistically to get vaccine into people's arms so that hopefully as we get into the middle and end of the summer, we could have accomplished the goal of what we're talking about, namely the overwhelming majority of people in this country having gotten vaccinated. Now stay tuned for my conversation with Congressman French Hill on the International Monetary Fund and coronavirus. Americans use firearms to defend themselves between 500,000 and 2 million times every year. God forbid that my mother is ever faced with a scenario where she has to stop a threat to her life. But if she is, I hope politicians protected by professional armed security didn't strip her of the right to use the firearm she can handle most competently. To watch the rest of heritage expert Amy Swear's testimony on assault weapons before the House Judiciary Committee, head to the Heritage Foundation YouTube channel. There you'll find talks, events, and documentaries backed with the reputation of the nation's most broadly supported public policy research institute. Start watching now at heritage.org YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and share. I'm joined today on the Daily Signal podcast by Congressman French Hill of Arkansas. Congressman Hill, it's great to have you back on the Daily Signal podcast. Rachel, it's great to be with you. Thanks. Well, thank you for again for being with us. It's great having you. So you just wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal on House Democrats and their efforts to require the International Monetary Fund to issue special drawing rights to all member countries. So before we get more in-depth on this, can you just tell our listeners about what the International Monetary Fund is and what its function is? You bet. So after World War II, the International Monetary Fund is one of those multilateral vehicles that was created for uh, primarily taking money from wealthy countries and making sure there's an effort to help countries get through tough times in a foreign exchange uh, challenge. So when a country has got too much debt or it needs to work through a short-term, repeat short-term kind of financial uh, struggle in their country, the IMF can loan them short-term money to help them get through a tough time. So Democrats in Congress are proposing that the IMF extend nearly uh, $3 trillion in hard currency to all 190 countries that are part of the IMF in the name of fighting the pandemic. And Republicans just absolutely disagree with that. Both the World Bank and the IMF have other ways they can help poor countries struggle with uh, fighting COVID-19. And that was actually one of my follow-up questions. What is the agenda here to shower all this money on these developing countries? Why is there all of a sudden this um, you know, urge to do this when that's not the job of the institution to begin with? Well, it 
taking the best case scenario, Rachel, it's uh, wealthy countries wanting to help the poorest struggling countries with too much debt meet their budgetary needs in the short run to fight COVID-19 and get their economy open. Of course, that's the taking the positive side. But I find it ironic that China is the biggest uh, suggester that this needs to be done. The governor of the Chinese Central Bank has been championing this issue. And, of course, China is a large creditor country, doesn't need money, and yet they would get almost $200 billion from this process. And more importantly to China, all the third world countries that they've loaned money to over the last 10 years and taken strategic minerals, commodities, oil and gas reserves as collateral suddenly have hard currency to pay them back. So in my view, a more pernicious issue is that China's lobbying for this because they stand to benefit, and it also part of that hard currency basket is the Chinese currency. And so this is a way for them to extend even more of their currency around the world in uh, bank accounts. Well, another point you make in the op-ed is that congressional Democrats are pushing for special drawing rights. And so can you talk a little bit about why they're doing that, as well as just explain uh, briefly what these special drawing rights are? Special drawing rights are a way, and it's a very blunt instrument. It allows the IMF to provide hard currency to its member countries, but it cannot distinguish between a rich country like the United States or the Netherlands and a poor country like Nigeria or the Congo. It cannot distinguish between democracy-loving countries with free market capitalism that are doing Uh, well in tackling the virus, and authoritarian dictatorships that are centers of terrorism. This bill, if the the Democrats got their way, uh, would give uh, billions of dollars to Iran, Syria, the Assad regime in Syria, Venezuela, the Maduro regime. So it's a way to get hard currency in the hands of countries, but it is a blunt instrument. It has to be given to all the countries on the same basis. And I think that's another reason why it absolutely should not be pursued uh, by the Congress. Well, as you just mentioned, and you point out in the op-ed, um, this plan from the Democrats would send about $20 billion of special drawing rights to Iran, uh, and another $75 billion would go to the Kremlin. And um, to just I, I just want to hear about why are Democrats so intent on giving money to places like Iran, where they're like a known enemy, like what is, is there a hidden agenda here? Like to put it bluntly, like what is, what is their, what is their strategy? I think it's a combination of naivete. I'm not sure all the Democrats even know what this policy actually does or how it actually works. Uh, I hate to say that, but that's my view because as you know, a concern over state sponsors of terrorism like Iran and uh, the Assad regime, for example, Russia, uh, have not been supported by a strong bipartisan majority in the Congress. So I think part of it is I'm not sure they understand what their policy is that they're advocating. If they truly want to help poor and impoverished countries get back on their feet after COVID-19, there are two ways to do that. First of all, David Malpass, who runs the World Bank, has a loan program for poor countries that is helping them get vaccine distribution and long-term development loans to help them uh, get through uh, the COVID-19 economic challenges. Secondly, the IMF has two small funds that already exist 
already exist that are for short-term emergency purposes to help countries get through uh, this kind of a catastrophe. So uh, the only ulterior motive that I've come up with that's concerning to me is that the lead advocate outside the IMF and outside the Democratic Party to do this is China. How do you expect the Biden administration to respond to these requests and even lobbying from Democrats for these special drawing rights? What do you foresee uh, happening? Well, during the calendar year 2020, uh, Democrats in the House and Senate attempted to put forward this policy through the National Defense Authorization Bill, through the omnibus spending bills, and we were able to stop it because the Trump Treasury opposed uh, this approach. And as I say, I've led an effort on Capitol Hill to oppose it. So uh, we are going to press the Biden administration and Secretary Yellen, Secretary of Treasury Yellen, to oppose the special drawing rights approach of Democrats and in turn support uh, the targeted uh, already authorized efforts both at the World Bank and at the IMF to help our poor countries get back on their feet. Well, looking at this from more of a thousand foot angle overall, um, how would Democrats' efforts to require the International Monetary Fund to issue these special drawing rights to these member countries, how would that do more harm than good overall to the global economy if you're just looking at this um, you know, from a very big wide angle? I think on the wide angle, uh, two issues. One, it can't be targeted. So you're injecting into uh, the world economy about $3 trillion in hard currency that goes, as I say, to both rich countries like the United States, China, the Netherlands, the United Kingdom, as well as poor countries and those who are state sponsors of terrorism. So you're putting hard currency out in the hands of a lot of countries who don't need it. Therefore, that could be a very inflationary uh, signal in the global economy as the economy recovers and vaccines are extended around the world. So lack of targeting, uh, a tremendous injection of liquidity, as I say, that's going to people that don't need an injection of liquidity, which could be a major contributor to uh, a global inflation. Well, lastly, Congressman Hill, what would your message be to maybe colleagues in the House who are on the fence about this and maybe still haven't made up their minds about how they're going to go forward with this? What would your message be to them? My message would be like in this, in in any of our fights against COVID-19 and reopening our economy, both here at home and around the world, we want strategic targeted relief, not across the board, one size fits all, inappropriate, just sheer money spending. So my thought and my suggestion to my colleagues on both sides of the hill is to support David Malpass's efforts to get vaccines out to the countries through the World Bank and to use the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, use their small trust funds that will help the most hard hit countries uh, in the third world and get them the resources they need to recover. Well, Congressman Hill, thank you so much for joining us on the Daily Signal podcast. It's always great having you with us. Rachel, it's always great to be with you. We look forward to seeing you soon in person. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you again. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Thank you again for listening, and Monday is President's Day, so we'll not have a podcast, but we look forward to being back with you all on Tuesday. Have a happy President's Day. 
The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit dailysignal.org.